I don't know where you just feel like, oh my God, people are looking at me. <laughs> I didn't say people are looking at me. People are looking to me, and um, um, I'm not the person. I'm not the person. It's not me. It was so emotional writing the course, doing the videos for the course. I had times where I would just be recording the videos and start crying and say, I don't like my face. I don't like my face. (laughs) Welcome to Level Up Your Course, where we pull back the curtain on what it takes to create learning that transforms lives. You will hear stories from business owners like you who share their success and their struggles. This is not where you come to hear passive income myths, friend. This is where you learn the truth about building a profitable learning platform. I am your host, Janelle Allen, and this is today's episode. Hey, family, it's Janelle. I just wanted to come on really quickly to give you a heads up about something. If you're a longtime listener of the show, you know that there is one question that I ask every guest, and it is a popular question. That is, how would they prepare for the zombie apocalypse? And I realize that that question might hit a little too close to home for a lot of us right now. So if you think that that question might trigger some things, you might want to fast forward because it is asked in this episode. The episode was recorded before the coronavirus situation hit. So just wanted to give you a heads up. Let's get back into it. What's up, everyone? Today, I am speaking with Stephanie Taylor, co-founder of Rent to Rent Success and a online course creator, which is why she's on the show, to talk about her course and her business. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Hi, Janelle. It's amazing to be here. I'm really excited to chat with you. We've been talking, you know, outside of this interview, we've been talking And, you know, I want to get into what you do and your story, which I've already shared with you is just so inspiring. But before we jump into the good stuff, we've got a tradition on the show called the Rapid Five. Five quick questions to help listeners get to know you. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. Number one is easy. What did you have for breakfast? It's very easy for me because I have the same thing nearly every day and I love it every single day. Porridge. But that's not it. Janelle, okay. I put a little bit of salt in there, grind the salt. Yeah. And then I add a bit of ground cinnamon. Yeah. And then I have on top raspberries and blueberries. Okay. Okay. I'm feeling a li- some alignment here and a little bit of chills because I have oatmeal. My breakfast of the past couple of months has been oatmeal with a little cinnamon, a little bit of salt, some almond butter. And uh, some some apples on the top. So I don't know what, maybe we're living in a parallel universe, but. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah, the, the almond butter is the secret to porridge in your case, oatmeal in mine. Um, I had some in Maine and it just sets everything off. It was just amazing. Thank you to the listeners for indulging us and in talking about porridge for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right. Number two, what is the last rule that you broke? Oh my gosh. That's, I just don't know. I am in general a rule breaker because I think, I think to myself, well, is that really necessary? <laughs> and most of the time it's not, but you need the rules so that there's not thousands of people doing something <laughs> wrong. But if one person 
but now I'm probably causing anarchy, but I can't think of an example because I'm on a podcast. Oh no. Well, if it comes back to you, please let us know. I love that question because it just kind of gives me a little sneak inside your mind. But we'll skip to one of the listeners' favorite questions, which is this. It's a very serious question. The zombie apocalypse has hit, Stephanie. You have six minutes to grab three essential items, not people, just items to get you through. What do you grab? Ah, Chanel, this is the question I was prepared for. You see, I was <laughs> all the time. I wasn't prepared for that previous one. But I knew I'm not a practical person. However, I'm getting practical shit because I hear you're giving people gold stars for having practical stuff <laughs> on this podcast. So I have got my, um, my truncheon. Now, I'm also not a violent person. I think I might struggle to hit them over the head. But if they're trying to bite my neck, I might do. Survival mode kicks in. Something to beat them with. Yeah. Try and keep them back. I think I might take a knife also because that might come in handy, like for doing vegetables and stuff like that. And my third one is like a bottomless supply because I need some pleasure in my life. I need some pleasure. And a bottomless supply of raw cashew nuts. Okay. I thought you were going to say tea and I was ready to to (laughs) chuckle. (laughs) A little bit of stereotyping, I admit. (laughs) Tea would be good as well because tea is very calming. You always need tea in a crisis. This is true. You've trumped me with that. The the, the tea's even better. This is true. But um, raw cashew nuts are one of my favorite things in the world to eat and they make me feel so good. I think in this sort of crisis situation, when I'm just about to die or something, I can eat some more Yeah, Yeah, go out with a smile. Yes, yes. All right, number four, finish this sentence. When I was a child, I wanted to be a blank. Oh, well, this is kind of embarrassing. I wanted to be an air hostess. Well, I was born in 1971, so flying still seemed quite glamorous. I like the idea of flying all over the world. I probably don't like the waitressy type of part to it. Uh, <laughs> that was one of the many things that I wanted to be, that, the one that I can remember. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Very adventurous. All right, last one. What is the hardest lesson you have learned as an entrepreneur so far? Your business won't grow unless you do. Going deep already. So we're going to come back to that because that is a big one uh, that I think a lot of people don't think about when they start out. It's also a good segue. So let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey and your story. How did you get here to running this business that you do? Where did it all start? Uh, Janelle, it's kind of been uh, a circuitous journey. (laughs) You know, that curly line. (laughs) (laughs) many twists and turns but a few years ago um I was working I always want to say as a waitress at the cocktail bar but I was working as a contractor in financial services Uh, kind of a well-paid job you've got you have to set up your own I think you would call it an escort but we call it a limited company you're paid on the day rate and it was it was good pay but I I sort of had this moment when I realized this is not my world these are not my people. And it wasn't so much that I realized that I was trapped. I suppose we all talk about this, but it's only sort of really blasted into my reality and sort of put itself right in front of my eyes uh, because my mum was ill. Yeah. She called me and we had a telephone call and 
I was very distracted and was trying to sort of get her off the phone. And it was in the morning when I was trying to get ready for work. And uh, then when I was reflecting on it in the afternoon at work, I thought, oh, my God, none of this matters. The work I've put to be really, really important. It doesn't matter. Or I don't matter to the bank. If I hadn't turned up that day or any other day, um, it would have been a minor inconvenience and things would have moved on. Yeah. If I want to say that I love my family or or these are my values or if I want to live the way I want to live, that I needed to have a new way. And that's what really made me be brave and be more excited than I was fearful. I just knew that I had to change. I knew that I had to do it. I love that. And, you know, before we continue, I shared with you that just reading your story just resonated with me so much because, you know, my mom, she's 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 gone through several illnesses. She's gone through several bouts with cancer and she's miraculous. You know, thankfully, she's she's well, but she was just having surgery and it, it felt so good to be able to be there with her. Um, yeah. So I definitely relate to that moment where you realize I could not be here and they would just find a replacement. And, and uh, this isn't what matters. So what did you do? How did, what, how did you decide, okay, I'm going to, how did you decide what to do next? Well, that's a good question. I think now looking back that I always knew that I wanted to do this, that inside me, I wanted to do this, but I have failed at so many different things, not necessarily business things, just things that other people find easy, like learning to drive. I was in my mid thirties when I passed my driving test. So yeah. I wasn't sort of one of those successful people who felt that every whatever I try, it's going to work out, you know. I think that I realized that people, property is a thing and that might be a way. And I started going to lots of property networking events and I'm sure it's, this, well, it's the same in the online marketing world. People come and speak at these property networking events. And my draw was literally on the floor because I thought you had to save up loads of money and you had to know the right people. You had to be on this inside track and know all the secrets. And then there were just like ordinary people who were standing up saying that they were doing strategies that they'd started off with not very much money, that the cash flow was incredible. And now they've gone on to buy lots of properties as well. My mind was just totally blown. So before we continue, let's tell people, because the, the, the terminology is different for people who are not in the UK. So yeah. rent to rent means what for you so that we can translate yeah. it? Okay, so I'll just explain that I know that in America, there are lots of people who are renting properties from their owners and then letting them out on Airbnb. Um, so what we do is similar. We rent properties from their owners, but we rent them out to long term tenants. That long term means over six months. And it's in house shares, which here in the UK, the, the technical term is HMOs. Mm-hmm. And it's house shares like what friends all, you know, young professionals living together, sharing a kitchen and bathroom, but they all rent their own room in a house. So, so that's what we do. Yeah. So you got into uh, this, this aspect of real estate. Yeah. So did you begin, because there's different parts of your business, right? So let's yeah. talk about, you know, we're not talking about the online course just yeah. yet. So you started this and you started it with your sister, right? Yeah, that was so cool. Uh, so my sister basically is 
very talented, but don't you find, Janelle, that sometimes the most talented people put themselves out there the least? Mm -hmm. And so she would have been one of the best people to start a business, but one of the least likely people to do it because she would think that she couldn't do it or that there's too much risk attached to it. I think it's more that there's too much risk attached. So anyway, she'd worked in banks, very high flying and been traveling at one time, traveling around the world, training other people, had to train teams like she did. She had wanted a bit more life balance and she'd taken a break and she'd gone on holiday to the Caribbean for, I think it was three months. Um, Too long, Giselle, because (laughs) (laughs) while I was sitting at my desk in Bristol in the UK, I'll be getting these WhatsApp messages through. (laughs) They're on the beach looking really chilled and her drinking cocktails, her out walking. Anyway, so she'd just come back from this trip ready to start again she didn't know what she was going to do and that coincided with when I had found out about all these property strategies and I had I would just gone there one evening and I think it was just luck that at her house that evening one of her friends was there and I was explaining you know this is the strategy you rent the property you rent it out to other people and the difference in the middle between what you pay the owner and the rent you collect and the bills uh, is is your profit and that I was going to do this with no experience, et cetera. And her friend was really enthusiastic about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes that sways you. Yeah. So surprisingly, she said she wanted to be all in with it, 50-50. Nice. So that was the start. Yeah, nice, nice. Okay. I love that. I I love how all of that came together. So... You, how long did you invest in, in do the rent to rent thing before you started thinking, okay, we can create a course. Talk to me about that. Good question. Yeah. So we started actually trading. So I'm still at my job in Bristol. This is January, 2016. I started going out to all these events. My mind was blown every event. I'd be dropping my, you know, bottom jaw would be on the floor and, and then about April, March, April time, I set up the company, did all that little paperwork. I was doing it all in my lunch hour from work. I was listening to property podcasts. I was just, my mind was just a whirring the whole time. And then in June, we started, I started traveling to Wales, which is nearby to Bristol, looking at properties, not thinking we would get one. And then we got two properties in June of 2016, our first two ever. Yeah. And So that was when we really started. June 2016, we started doing it. And we launched our course in January 2019. Okay. Okay, so it's two and a half years. Yeah, yeah. So relatively recently, as of this recording. Maybe two years, I decided to do the course. We were doing the rent to rent for two years. I sort of decided not to to do training. A lot of property people do training. And I just decided mm-hmm. I didn't want to do training. Um, it, it kind of got it felt a bit sleazy to do training. Also, that's not what I wanted to focus. I didn't want to be up and down the country talking. And I just thought, just not the life I want. Because you wanted freedom and flexibility. So I totally understand that, you know? Yeah. So, but eventually, we were, I was just going online on um, video, bad videos saying, oh, look, this is what you do. This is a real thing. You know? <laughs> Just do this, do that. Duh, duh, duh. And people like the videos. I mean, it's a small community, but active. People like the videos and were asking questions. They do do coaching, do do this, do do that. No, no, no. We were pointing them off to other people. Mm. And they would come back from these other people 
and say, oh, Stephanie, what about this? What about the contracts or what about the letters or what about the offer emails? And I says, well, didn't you get that on your course? But a lot of the times, Janelle, there's a funnel whereby you go on a free day, then you're sold up to something that's a couple of thousand pounds. Mm -hmm. And you go on that thinking that that's the thing. But then you're sold up to something that maybe somewhere between 12,000 and 20,000 odd pounds for a year of mentorship. And oftentimes they're not really delivering the value that you would expect. And so I thought, you know what, we could do much better than what these people are actually getting. And it made me see that the people who are doing it aren't special because they're not delivering the value and that actually we could deliver the value because that was the other thing we thought, or I thought, I'm not a trainer. Who am I to start coaching people? What is fine for me to give the information out for free, but if I start selling it, aren't people going to think that I'm, you know, I've only just started doing it sort of thing. And uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I want to dig into that because you bring up, you're, you're talking about like this imposter complex, even though you had been doing it, the idea of teaching other people just made you, it was a little bit apprehensive. But what I love that you said is a lot of times people don't start because they see somebody else is already doing that. Why, you know, and you were able, not only did you have that moment, but you sent people to other people. Yes. Yes. (laughs) But then, you know, I think your insight of realizing that They still were coming back asking for things that they weren't getting, which in marketing terms allowed you to see how you could differentiate yourself from those other people. So I just wanted to call that out because, you know, a lot of times things happen online and we don't always think about it from an opportunity perspective. So I love that you were able to to capture that and see where the need was and then fulfill that need. So how did you get the courage to finally do the thing if you had the imposter complex? (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Do you know what? It's like the courage is every day coming. Yeah, I'm calling on it every day because now I'm I'm more stepped into this new role. I've stepped into a new role, but at the time I wasn't stepped in at all. So I was calling on the courage every day. I had so many meltdowns. I don't know where you just feel like, oh my God, people are looking at me. <laughs> I didn't say people are looking at me. People are looking to me. And um, um, I'm not the person. I'm not the person. It's not me. It was so emotional. I writing the course, doing the videos for the course. I had times where I would just be recording the videos and start crying and say, I don't like my face. I don't like my face. yeah I think video video does that to you it's (laughs) video is not safe you're all out there you know and if you have those days it's just it can be brutal but you know you kind of push through so did you create the course before you sold it Yes, because I was aware, because I was listening to all these podcasts that you can pre-sell it. But the idea, I was having all this, all this anxiety about this course. And the thing, I think the anxiety was less about the video because I was used to doing videos. Mm -hmm. I think something inside you is so afraid of dying (laughs) because you're putting this course out there and you're going to be seen and somebody's going to shoot you. Um, You know, I don't think it's as as conscious as that, but something in your sub or in my subconscious was so afraid, and that's what caused all the meltdowns. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but now I can't remember the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you answered the question. I just, you know, did you create the content before you sold it? And you no. said, oh, yes, yes, sorry. So we, the idea that you just go on there. And, so we're doing this transformation from right from you have the idea about creating this business. You set up all the elements of the business and then you you manage that property ongoing. And there were so many parts to it that I just thought there's no way that I can do this mm-hmm. ongoing as people are watching and signing in and asking me questions. So so we created it before, but we knew that people wanted it. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction because people do talk about pre-selling. I talk about pre-selling all the time, but I love the way that you framed that. You knew there would be no way for you to keep up with teaching and creating content. Uh, and so you you were able to look at your constraints. And that's the thing. A lot of times people want a, a formula, but you really have to look at your own situation and your own constraints and, and do what works for you. For some people, like yourself, creating the content first and then selling it. And I think it helped that you were already marketing. You already had a business. You already had people who were saying, hey, we want information. So you had that validation as opposed to a lot of times people just have an idea and they're not really sure if the, if there's a need for it. And that's when I think it's risky to create all of the content beforehand. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would suggest that people do what you suggested pre pre sell because we could have pre sold it and then created mm-hmm. the course in advance actually. So there is the distinction actually we did pre sell actually, if, if I think about this, because we were taking sales while we were creating the course. I think I've confused things, meaning a live presentation yeah, of yeah. the course. But we had actually pre-sold it, but we created the course before we started presenting it. Got it. So you pre-sold, which which is something that scares a lot of people. I've heard from my students, are you saying I can take people's money and the course isn't created? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, you can. All you need to do is be transparent about it, you yeah. know? And you say the course is going to be coming in such and such time frame. Yeah. And people who who are excited, who are fans, who want it, are going to be okay with that. Well, I had that as well. It was my coach pushed me into it. I said, I was just going to, they'd signed up or what I called signed up. They said they wanted to do it. You know, we'd had a call. They said they wanted to do it. And she says, oh, did they pay? I said, no, I didn't ask them. To pay. I said, I can't ask them to pay yet because, you know, <laughs> it's not started till January or whatever. And, and she was the one who made me go back to everybody and get them to pay. <laughs> which I was like, oh, 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 this is so painful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Okay, so just for anyone who, just to cl- clear up. So you did pre-sell. And that, but instead of teaching like a live beta version, you created the full course, which is totally, totally fine. All right. So you created your course January, 2019, you said, mm-hmm. how did that process go? What did you learn as a first oh, time? <laughs> well, actually, before you answer that, let's take a step back and and set the stage for everyone. What is the goal of the course? So what is it that people should be able to do after completing the course? Well, so the course is called Rent to Rent Kickstarter Program. And you, you now know that Rent to Rent is where you rent a property and then rent it out for cash flow. And the goal of the course is that you get your first rent to rent deal, consistent cash flow, escape the nine to five and 
uh, live life on your terms. The escape from nine to five is not an immediate. Mm-hmm. That's you, you can do that within a year if you work this program. Yeah. Okay. I have to ask this question. This is not related to what did you, my, what did you learn question, but so in the U S there's often clauses where you can't rent out a property that you're renting. So it's, it's, it's different in the UK. You don't have that same situation. We do. do. So there's certain types of properties that are called house shares. Mm -hmm. I'll just call it house shares for simplicity it's a, it's a it's a classification of property you have to get that classification from the local government mm-hmm. and on those properties you're allowed to have multiple people and you're allowed to sublet got it okay got it on some properties your mortgage lender the one who's financing the property will not allow you to have an agreement that sublets mm-hmm. by the room which is mainly what we do so sometimes you can do it and sometimes you can't do it the way we do it is to focus on properties that have that high share classification yeah. and where we're allowed to have the contracts that we need to have got it thank you for indulging my my curiosity there all right so let's get back to talking about your course rent to rent kickstarter you're teaching it for the first time what did you learn? What were some things that some takeaways from that first time teaching it? Well, do you know what? I'll just because you asked me about how making the course. So I'll quickly say something about that. Yeah. Is really just do it. Because although I put my head in my hands, um, it's one of the things I'm most proud of in the world is this program. We I originally just, you know, I saw uh, or heard on the podcast of people using the post-it notes to work out what are the elements that you need to go through to get the process and what needs to go in each part. And um, I had a coach and we'd gone through that process. I went through that process on my own and also with my coach. And then I went away for a week and I just wrote it all out. Um, some of it was bullet points. So it was very draft and I, I took that and eventually made it into the course. But I, I, for me, I work better on a short deadline. So I, I wrote it sort of maybe July-ish time of year last, uh, this must have been 2018, then did nothing with it and had, to, had was unsure about using a coach and the investment and everything. And come November, I thought, right, that's it. We need If we're going to do this, we need to use a coach because I haven't got time to work out what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what to do. So we, we, used it. we started with our coach, and I think we were working together for three months. So it was November to January. We were launching in January. And obviously, we've got Christmas and everything in between. And that was it, to get this sort of notes, Word document, just typed out notes into an online course and launch it. So, and so we did do that and we launched it at the end of January, but um, yeah, I was a bit harassed and having meltdowns and things. But <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's over the holidays and, and everything. And I love that you, you shared that timeline because I, you know, I tell people two to three months is what it typically takes. And, and a lot of times people don't believe me and I'm like, trust me to give yourself two to three months because uh, especially if you're recording videos. All right. So we've got the course. You launched it in January and then you make it available to your students. They're in. What are some takeaways from that experience? What did you learn? It was amazing. It was, I mean, 
again, maybe it's just me. <laughs> it was so emotional seeing people coming to our program yeah. and watching people be so excited to come in and engaging with the materials, engaging with us. And we were having all the live calls and we were all going through the program together. And people were getting, um, were going through barriers like like we did when we were writing the program and we were helping them through. That's when I realized that the coaching is not really, that's why I introduced coaching into it. It's not really about the system, the, the steps. Yeah. It's about getting rid of the mindset blocks at each stage so that mm-hmm. they can actually do the stuff that's in the, in the program. So um, I've waffled on a bit, but that was the experience of doing the isn't that interesting? I found that with when I launched my own group program, I thought, okay, people need this information. I'm going to create it and they'll do it and ta-da. <laughs> and it, it doesn't, re- it really doesn't work like that. I mean, people do it, but you find all of these places where your students get stuck. You know, yeah. they have mindset things. Even I have had students who finish the program, launch their course, and then have fear around doing it again. So it, it just keeps coming up. And finally, for me, I realized, okay, so what, what I'm really providing is an opportunity for people to have accountability, coaching, yeah. and community. Yeah. That's what they need. They can get the information. They could pull that together for free if they wanted to. Yeah. But they really need those three things. So where did some of your students get stuck? What were some of the points where they had those barriers you mentioned? Mainly they like the first part is all setting up your business. That's sort of behind the scenes admin. Most people are okay with that and it gives them a good sense of achievement. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to anything where they've got to put themselves out there, so when um, even writing letters, I think some people had a block about that because if you're writing letters, you're going to get calls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> people are going to contact me. Um, so writing letters, speaking to the letting agents, the real estate agents. So I think it's just where all those vulnerable fears come out. At yeah. That stage. yeah. So how did you help them overcome those moments? One of the main ones is that other people in the group are doing it. Yeah new people who just joined with them and they can say, oh my gosh, I thought this was impossible, but so-and-so, so-and-so, Ben, who's just joined, yeah. has had a call and I need to get my arse in gear. But so they got inspiration from other people in the group. But the other way is we had the weekly calls, and on the weekly calls, um, obviously there's always some people who have had a great week and are having good results and some people who haven't. And so the call helps both both sides really mm. and we try to encourage people to come on the call even if they feel that they don't need to just because it tells your subconscious that you're serious about this thing yeah. and that you're cracking on with this thing and it just is helpful hearing other people talk even if you feel that you don't need to talk that particular week yeah absolutely absolutely all right so let's talk about marketing so, you know, one of the things that you said earlier that I wanted to come back to was that you invested in a coach. And, you know, when it comes to marketing your your business, I know you invested there as well. So we're going to talk about that mindset that you have to invest. But first, let's, again, set the stage. What is your primary marketing channel? YouTube and Facebook. And how you use YouTube and 
what it, what does the flow look like? So you're doing your YouTube videos. Are you are you doing it weekly? What is there a particular cadence that you're? <laughs> I was going to tell you, Janelle, because um, there's not a cadence at the moment. But I was doing weekly, but I was they, they've always been poor in production quality because I've been DIYing. But what I used to do was sort of read and look down and read and look down, and then cut all those bits out, yeah. of the video, which took me like. A ridiculously long time and also the videos used to be quite long and so the, the end result was kind of mediocre but it was so time consuming and what I then decided so I wasn't making videos for a long while and what I then decided to start doing was just go live so going live I've got this new rent to rent short and sweet lots of information in only a little bit of time <laughs> <laughs> and then I would talk about my points which I could make because it's a short video and that would be live on Facebook. And then my VA would then mm-hmm. post that on Facebook, on the Facebook group, on LinkedIn, and also on YouTube. And the engagement has been just as good as when I was doing all those hours. So that that worked really well, uh, w- well for me. And I even saw on one of the YouTubers who's really huge with, you know, I don't know, maybe nearly millions of subscribers talking about how they're less doing less well-produced videos because people like the realness. And I thought I was there first. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that you said that too, because, you know, as, as all of my longtime listeners and, and, and subscribers know, I have been so apprehensive about YouTube because of that exact reason because I'm like, I'm working with clients. I'm helping people in my program. I do not want to edit for hours. That is like, that is the the roadblock. Yeah. And I just recently said, you know what? I'm doing live, you know, maybe screen sharing and talking live yeah. and that's going to be it. And we'll see how yeah. that works. So it's great to hear that testimonial from you. And for anyone else listening, who's thinking about YouTube, uh, it is the second largest search engine, you know, behind Google and owned by Google. So very important to to just do it. So yeah. thank you for that. Yeah. All right. So and and also what I love about what you said is you're repurposing content. Because a lot of times people think, oh, I've got to write a blog. I've got to record a video. I've got to like doing all of these things. You don't have time for that. Do your live, repurpose it on all of those different platforms and let the results come in. But let's talk about the funnel. So we've got the video. I watched the video. And then is there a call to action at the end of the video? Yes. Uh, what I need to do is always verbally state the call to action. And as well, the link is below. Yes. So for example, now, if you would like to get started with rent to rent or you want to book a call with me, click the link below. I don't always say that, but the link is always below. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about this, you know, off interview, but so you have the booking the call and that is an opportunity for them to talk to you about the program. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Now let's talk about other aspects of how you're marketing. Cause I know that you have an email list and you have a sales funnel. So what are the steps within your funnel? So someone finds you, let's say they don't find you on YouTube and they land on your website, what what steps do they go through to then get introduced? Well, I've got to give kudos to the guy who you know. Yeah. Um, 
uh, Sharp Hopkins, Piano in 21 Days. It, he was our evergreen funnel coach. And again, we had this crazy deadline that I imposed on myself. <laughs> but we worked together for eight weeks. Um, but luckily, Jacques was off for four weeks in the middle. So we actually had 12 weeks together, four weeks working, four weeks not working together or no contact, and then four weeks working together again. And during that time, we launched live once. And then I set up the Evergreen Funnel. Yeah, yeah. But that Evergreen Funnel has been incredible. Okay. So people get into the funnel and then you have you have a sequence of emails and, and videos. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then they're pitched. Yeah. So I want to come back to the investment mindset. Mm. A lot of people try, they start out doing, you know, DIY. They mm. are fearful of investing. What was it that made you decide to invest, not just in, you know, working with Jacques, but you also invested in a coach? What, what was it that made you do that instead of saying, okay, I'm going to try to figure it out on my own? I wonder that, you know, <laughs> when, when I'd written that online program in the July or, or earlier in the year, whenever it was, with the intention, we, we had spoken to the coach, I think, around that time, maybe the June, we spoke to the coach, we had a day with her, we did that post-it thing. I had gone away in the July, written the course, well, written, you know, bullet point style, and come back with the intention that right, I was going to get on this. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was busy with other things and nothing happened because partly I wasn't quite sure what to do. And then there'll be a lot of fear as well that we talked about of putting yourself out there. And so part of that stops you from taking the action because if you take the action, you're you're closer to putting yourself out there. Yeah. So I just knew that that we we absolutely had to do this. We needed to do this and that I could either waste a lot more time trying to work it out, trying to piece things together, or we thought the the investment was high, but actually it's value, the value. And so so we were in the same mindset that you're talking about where you try to DIY and everything like that. And then but you you gotta you gotta invest. Yeah. I think that you know, at a certain point, you realize you only have so much time, right? And so you have to make the decision on what you're, I I hear so many people say that they're burnt out and they're also simultaneously doing everything in their business. And I'm, I went through that. So I totally understand. And then you get to a point where you say, I mean, that's how I found my podcast editor. I just, I hit a wall (laughs) and it was 10 PM at night. And I realized Oh crap, I didn't edit the podcast yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I absolutely could not just stay up one more hour to work. And so, you know, I think you have those moments where you realize I need to be intentional about where I'm spending my time. I need to focus on, you know, whether it's focusing on sales, marketing, and, you know, clients or customers, and then being able to hire the support that you need to help you get to that next level, which comes back to something that you said, you know, in your biggest lesson as an entrepreneur, that for your business to grow, you have to grow. So talk about that. What do you mean by that? It's one of the things that I actually love about being an entrepreneur and also, I wouldn't go as far as say hate, but it's painful. It's painful to grow. But I've leaned into it now, but Obviously, at the beginning, it's more painful going through those growing pains. But what I mean is that you think, or I thought that 
being in business was about working the system. In fact, I was absolutely delighted when I realized that there is a system for success in business. And that if you follow that system, you're likely to be success. You're more likely to be successful. And I thought, oh, wow, that's great. I hadn't realized that. There's a system. So let's work this system. What I have found <laughs> is that you cannot work that system if your mindset is wrong. Because if you think about it, I heard somebody ask the rhetorical question, which part of your actions is your mind not involved in? Your mind's involved in everything you do. It's, it, you're, it's involved in everything you think. And most of your thoughts are not conscious thoughts. They are subconscious thoughts. They have to be because for you to operate effectively in the world, most of your thoughts um, are thoughts that you're not consciously thinking. Your subconscious is driving you. Unfortunately, most of us have never looked at what's in our subconscious. And most of the thoughts that are in there, or depending on the results that you're getting, if the results that you're getting are poor, then most of the thoughts in your subconscious are poor. They're, they're leading you to poor results. And to increase those results or to change the results, you have to consciously go in, look at your subconscious thoughts and gradually start building that muscle, you know, start practicing the positive thoughts that will eventually be, become the more helpful subconscious thoughts that allow you to build on that set success and increase that success. So it's easier for me to be successful now than it was a year ago because I am working on my mindset consciously. Yeah, so much there. I mean, I resonate with that. And, and the thing about life is you will keep getting the same lesson until you 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 have ah okay i'm in a pattern it, it, this is what my my therapist is always talking about patterns and you know you do you you have this pattern of as you said you know poor behavior or behavior that leads to poor results and everyone isn't able to stop recognize that and say okay i need to change you know whether it's changing how you think which doesn't happen immediately but changing your environment, changing what you're listening to, um, content you're absorbing, changing your habits. Habits are huge. Yeah, they're huge. And making those changes eventually is what helps change your mindset, which allows you to have yeah. better results. So it it is, and it is painful. It's not fun. I was just having this conversation. Doing self-work is not fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. But the results, oh my God, are so fun. It is. And that, when you start getting results, you start thinking, oh, this shit works. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a spiritual and mental exercise. It's much like, you know, I was just saying to a friend, there's days when I do not want to go to the gym. I absolutely don't. But I remember how good I will feel afterwards. And it's the same thing with self-work. You know, it, once you start and you, you get this, I don't know, you get this feeling of like, I call it an eruption. Things start rumbling and things start getting clearer. Um, you know, your throat chakra for me, it just opens up a bit and you're saying things that you didn't say before and things having clarity. And then that's what gets you addicted to, okay, I'm going to keep pressing on and uh, evolving and growing. And then your subconscious is working for you instead of against you. Yeah. 
And that's when the magic happens. You practice it, practice it, practice it consciously for enough time mm-hmm. that suddenly your subconscious is pushing you to the gym rather than yeah. staying in bed. Absolutely. I love it. I could talk about that stuff all day. But I do want to come back to one last thing before we get into the final three questions. And that is, you know, this idea of one of the things I love about working with you your system, you're like, it. there's gaps, there's things that I know we need to improve, but you took action. You know, you took in what I call imperfect action. Where are some things, I just want to give people who may be listening and thinking, oh, Stephanie's got this perfect setup and everything is working. You know, I don't have that, so I can't get started. What are some things with uh, with your marketing strategy that you feel that you want to improve? Yeah, well, I'm going to do something, well, that my sister says I always answer a different question. But <laughs> something came to my head as you were speaking. And if it's okay, could I say something that maybe beginner people could do yeah. to get started? It's because when we started at the beginning of 2019, we didn't have a business that was a course business. And we're giving the live videos for free, just little bits of info. And we decided, okay, we're going to launch this program, you know, towards the end of December 2018, we started talking about it. We didn't have a big email list. I had a few hundred people on the email list. Uh, we started a Facebook group, which obviously only had, they, they grew quite quickly at the beginning because Facebook shows them to everybody. But so it had a few hundred people in the Facebook group. And we started the YouTube channel, I think February or March. And so I repurposed some videos to it. So you know, we had, a you know, maybe not even a few hundred subscribers because they grow slowly on YouTube. So we didn't have many people when we started. But all you have to do to start is connect with, even if it's 50 people, even if it's 20 people, they're there for whatever you've got. You go and do your live video, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, or longer if you feel comfortable. You give them the information, you find out what they're looking for, you talk to them. And then, you know, as time goes on, it doesn't even need to be a lot of time, a few weeks. You can find out what they want and make the offer. So it's really simple, actually, to connect with people, you know, from this thing that you're passionate about, that you want to share with them, that they want to find out and you find out and you you get started like that. So the second thing is you asked me about where are the holes? So we we got started, we created the course. Again, it wasn't the best production. The quality content was great, but the production was not great. And we've redone the course several times. We're redoing the course again. So that's one area. The other area is we've put together a funnel that I did with the help of a coach. But at the end of the day, I was involved. So therefore, that needs a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) But I want to mention this, uh, Janelle, which is that I did it with the help of a coach. I'm not an expert. However, it so works. People are getting a great experience with the program. They're getting great results with the program. And from our business point of view, even though we had those really small numbers, um, it's over, over six figures, you know, in the first year. It's not so much, I mentioned the income just to say that it was successful business-wise as well, because people might, I always wonder, I always wonder when people are talking, but it was very successful business-wise as well. But one of the best things that came out of launching the course is that that was what we had to grow. 
because when you're coaching people, you've got to get them over the hurdles, over the barriers. You've got to learn how to do that, how to engage people and give them the confidence to take the next step. But also when we're having or when I'm having resistance to things, I then have to repeat my own advice to myself. (laughs) (laughs) But being a coach has made me a better person. I love it. And the last thing I want to say is, you know, what you just pulled out there is the power of starting simple. Simplicity before complexity is like my golden rule. And particularly a lot of people when it comes to marketing, we try to complicate it. Like we come up, I do it myself. I come up with these great mind maps, (laughs) you know, all this. And it's like working with, with clients and setting up systems, I've begun to just reinforce that simplicity really is the key. And once you have a simple system working, then you can go in and optimize it. We're down to the final three questions, Stephanie. The first one is easy. What is next for you? Anything exciting coming up? Yeah, well, I'm really excited to know. We've got someone amazing that we're working with right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I just want to commend you, Janelle, because uh, I found you and I've loved your work and listening to all you do I'm I love the detail even the way that you onboarded us with all the emails and it was just a lovely experience for us and I'd love for our students to have that seamless of an experience when they on board with us but yeah so we're working to optimize the funnel and this year and, and relaunch the course, rewrite the course to give our students a better experience. Um, but also this year, I'm writing a book. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm, uh, launching a podcast. The, 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 when I say launching a podcast, it feels a bit like you with launching a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Because <laughs> the podcast to me is, uh, I just, it's just lovely. But That's so funny. Well, if you need any support, please let me know. Yeah, thanks. thanks. So it, it will be called Rent to Rent Success. So I don't know that maybe there'll be a few British listeners because I'll share this. So uh. I love it. Well, congrats. I will be sure to link to whatever is new. I don't know what your timeline for the podcast, but if it's live, I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes. So where can people find out more about you and your work? Well, if you want to see the about story that Janelle was talking about or any of the bad videos, <laughs> then uh, go to renttorentsuccess.com and it's rent number two rentsuccess.com and there's the about page there. And if you want to see the funnel, you can sign up for the free online training and guide. And oh, I had made some notes, but they're not the right notes in front of me. Uh, <laughs> so there was renttorentsuccess.com. There's the YouTube. That's Rent to Rent Success. And if you want to message me on Facebook, maybe something um, that you liked or want to ask a question on, then on facebook.com, it's backslash, backslash Stephanie Taylor UK. Love it. And I'd love to talk to you. Yeah, we'll also get those links in the show notes. All right. You are a listener of the show, so you know what's coming next, Stephanie. What this our final question, what is your why? Why do you get up and do this work? Yeah, I get up and do this work because I believe in the transformational power of yes, you can, because we all tend to hold ourselves back so much, uh, sometimes consciously, sometimes subconsciously. And we live by no, you can't, no, you can't do that. It's just a can't, you know, 
concert in the back room. You don't even know it's there. So uh, what we what we're putting into the vision of our business and our lives uh, going forward is to dream bigger, be bolder, and be a game changer. And what I mean by that is to dream bigger is to be able to imagine, uh, allow yourself to imagine a bigger future for yourself, a, a future so big that currently you wouldn't believe it. You know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have believed this reality that we're living in now. And be bolder is all about what we've, what's been a theme, you know, in our chat today um, is that we hide so much and so to constantly push ourselves to be a little bit bolder and and the one that I'm most excited about is to be a game changer and that is somewhat tied to being a wealth creator and it's something that I didn't really think of as a possibility for me but it's to to build your own income, your own assets, and to change the game in your own life, your family's life, in your community, and in the world. And Janelle, have you heard of B1G1? It's the buy one, give one. It's an online platform, and it is it allows us so that now when anybody buys our Rent to Rent Kickstarter coaching program or our Superstars program, which is is the monthly membership after the initial program. We can give business training. We can we can make any giving action we want, but we've chosen to give business training in Malawi uh, when anybody buys our course. So we get to, you know, you can start where you are with what you can have and do what you can, but it's just to get that game changer ethos into, you know, what what we're doing. I love it. I love it. It's so, I hadn't heard of that. So thank you so much. I'm definitely going to check that out. But this has been an amazing chat. Thank you so much for, you know, being the inaugural reintroduction of the show. <laughs> I've enjoyed it so much, Stephanie, and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Janelle. All right, my friends, that is my time. Remember, before you can level up your course, you must first level up your mind. As always, thank you for hanging out with me for another great episode. I do not take it for granted. I am Janelle Allen, and this has been Level Up Your Course. Peace. Peace.